Our scripture lesson today is the Christmas story from the Gospel of Luke. Let's share in God's good word together. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged, and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please be seated. On Saturday, December 9th of this year in Clarksville, Tennessee, a tornado on a day much like today killed three people, and it ripped off the roof of Sidney Moore's home. The tornado lifted her little bassinet with her four-month-old baby boy in it. And her boyfriend grabbed the bassinet, and she watched them spin up into the air. And in a split second, her mom instincts kicked in, and she jumped on top of her one-year-old son to protect him just in time as the walls collapsed on their trailer. The mom and the little one-year-old ended up actually underneath the trailer, under all of the rubble that completely collapsed on top of them. And bit by bit, she was digging out, pushing off all the debris, taking care of her oldest son, wondering what happened to her baby boy. And as she came up out of the pit, She frantically started looking for her little four-month-old. And with every passing minute, her fears became worse and worse. Three minutes in, five minutes in, he was nowhere to be found. She saw sorts of destruction and how in the world could he have survived. And seven minutes, and then she's quoted as saying in the paper, I was pretty sure he was dead and we weren't going to find him. And then after 10 minutes, when it looked like all hope was gone, she stopped and she looked up to the heavens in the pouring rain. And there he was, up in a tree, unharmed. Just like that. Her hopes were gone and then they were completely fulfilled. She couldn't believe her eyes. And that's the way it is with joy. It's always there. Joy is hope fulfilled say that with me joy is hope fulfilled and for sydney moore sydney moore it looked like this just a little little scratch on his cheek that's it that's it no word on the boyfriend they didn't even say anything about that i have no idea <laughs> what happened to him but the baby's fine right. and then she's quoted saying this i want you to see this word for word she said he's here And that's by the grace of God. Amen. The grace of God. We are in a sermon series called Almost Christmas. We've been looking at things like peace and love and joy and hope. And and each time we've we've looked at um, our founder's John Wesley's sermon where he talked about people being almost Christian. Sort of like being vaccinated, Billy Graham would say, where you get just a little bit, but you never get the real thing. 
You never really get all in. You never experience the fullness that Christ has for you that you hear other people talk about, but it makes no sense to you because you've never gone altogether in for Christ. And, and so we come to a, a difficult passage in Scripture that, that shows our hearts and, and really, um, I think, speaks for us. You know, most of the Bible speaks to us, but in the Psalms, it speaks for us. It's the songbook of the church. And the psalmist writes these words, You have turned my mourning into dancing. That was certainly true for Sidney Moore. You've taken off my sackcloth and clothed me with what? With joy. Real joy. Oh, Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Friends, when all hope is gone, joy remains in the background. It's bigger than sadness. It's bigger than happiness. It's bigger than circumstance. Joy is all around you, even when you don't know it's there. Because God is with you. The psalmist goes on to say, with that being true, then, of course, sing praises to the Lord. Whether you feel his presence or not, sing praises to the Lord, O you, his faithful ones, and give thanks to his holy name, for his anger is but for a moment, but his favor. Well, friends, that's for a lifetime. Weeping may linger for the night, say these two words with me, but joy. Two of the most powerful words in all the world, but joy. It remains, it's there. Joy comes with the morning. It's on its way. It's on its way. Just like Sunday's on its way after Good Friday, joy is on its way when God has his way. Reverend Matt Rawl, in in one of the books that we've been working on through this series, he says, joy is profound because it supersedes the fleeting offerings of happiness and sadness. It's much bigger than that, friends. And and so he makes this uh, distinction that an almost joy, well, that's no joy at all. It's just a wish. Right? If you're not in, it's just a wish. But an altogether joy, that's a gift, friends. It's a gift. You can't make it happen yourself. It's a byproduct of the life that you're living. It's when you actually see that hope fulfilled that God has been working at all along in your life. And so Reverend Rawl puts it this way. He says, you know, when it comes to gifts, you can't make it happen. In the same way that it's impossible to tickle yourself. Have you ever tried to tickle yourself? Right, don't try it now. That'd be weird. But it's not something you can achieve. Joy is not something you can just do on your own. And so the gift of Christmas is that God is here with us. Amen? God's with us. Letting us know that we are not forgotten. You are not forgotten. God knows your address. And God knows the address of the person you're worried about today. About that son or daughter or aunt or uncle or grandma or grandpa, friend. God knows their need. God sees them. And God sees you. Now, here's the thing. I know that there are some of you here that I only see tonight. Your wife made you come. Or maybe grandma. Or you got shamed into it. Or the whole family was going and you didn't know a way out. It's okay. It doesn't matter what brought you here. What matters is what you do now that you are here. Because you're welcome. God welcomes you. We welcome you. We're thrilled that you're here. We're so glad that you're here. If this is your first time in a church ever, we're glad you're here. If you haven't been to church in a long, long time and you just happen to, you know, be here, we're welcome. We're glad you're here. Because, friends, it does not matter how long you've been away or how lost you might feel. God welcomes you tonight. He says, welcome. I've come to earth for you, for all of humanity, but also for each and every one of you. And, and you may not feel that yet. You may not hear that yet. You may not experience that yet. And, and that's not new to the world. 
The world, I think, Jesus came at the exact right time in the whole history of the world. It was so dark. The Roman Empire was so terrible that they would put people on crosses and line the streets with them so that you would never cross them. It was a terrible, oppressive place. And from the time of the Old Testament to the time of the New Testament, there are about 400 years between the very last words of the Old Testament and the first words of the New Testament. Some would say that there was not a word from the Lord in all that time. Some would actually make it go longer if you, if you know your church history or your biblical history. In the year 586, the temple was burnt to the ground. The very place of worship, the very place that you would experience God in your life, gone. The word of the Lord was sparse in those times until Jesus. And so the scripture says, joy comes in the morning, even when our eyes are used to the dark. Have you ever been in the dark so long that when you started to get light, it hurt? Like, you, like you've been asleep and somebody just throws the blinds open. You're like, golly. It can be painful. It can be jarring. It can be disorienting. And that's okay. Because no amount of darkness can put out the light. And no amount of time can put out your joy. Because joy is timeless. The Christmas story says that it was in the darkness of night that the shepherds found themselves in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. They had never seen an angel before. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you, say this with me, good news of great joy for all the people. What kind of news is it? What kind of joy is it? And who's it for? That includes you. All people include you. And, and then you find this amazing, deep theological line. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. Friends, why were the angels singing? Dr. Grail told me this week, the reason they were singing is because they had been fighting evil for millennia, for thousands of years, and finally they could see hope on the horizon. Christ had come, the Messiah had come, the one that would defeat death and sin once for all was on the scene. They could sing now. The thousands of years of warring was about to come to an end. The world was changing. And so in this one line... You have the three great Christian claims about this baby Jesus. That he is Savior, that he is Messiah, and he is Lord. That's that's the core of our faith. That this tiny baby is actually the only one who can save you. That came to the world to defeat sin and death. He is the Messiah, the one that makes the crooked places straight. That brings shalom to the world, peace on earth and goodwill to all. And he is Lord. That every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The one who calls the shots. Because that's where heaven reigns, where the Lord says what's done is done. And so when it comes to this joy, it comes from knowing that God is near, God is with us, and salvation is offered to all, which includes you and even that person that you're mad at. Everyone. 
Friends, joy is a byproduct of the assurance that God is with us. Always. God is with us always. Even if pain is with us too. You say, well, God's not with me. I'm in a lot of pain. No, no, no. God is with you in your pain. He's right there with you. Now, Jesus, when he was teaching those who would follow him, said, said these words. He said, blessed are you when people hate you and they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. That does not sound right. When someone says, oh, you're blessed, is that what comes to mind? No, of course not. Son of Man is a name that Jesus uses for himself. And, and Jesus goes on to say, well, rejoice in that day and leap for joy. I don't know about you, but, you know, the last time someone who was really terrible for me, the last thing I wanted to do was leap for joy. I mean, it's just not, it goes against our nature. But, but why is it? Why does Jesus say that? Because, he says, your reward is great in heaven. Joy's coming in the morning. For that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. And friends, if you are now numbered with the prophets, that's good news. That's an honor. And if somebody doesn't like you because you look like Jesus, that's a good thing. Not a bad thing. Rejoice in that. But sometimes, friends, joy comes in the morning. It doesn't mean 12 hours from now. For some, it means days. For some, it means weeks. For some, it means years. It was a long time coming for some. If you follow the news in Oklahoma, you, you probably know this, but Glenn Simmons was on death row in Oklahoma for two and a half years. You know, they would say in the prison system... That you might get out of jail, but you don't come out of the grave. So those folks on death row, it's a chilling thing that you will never forget. And the reason he was on death row is for killing a woman at a liquor store here in Edmond in 1975. When he was 22 years old. Mr. Simmons is now 70. 70 years old now after serving 48 years and 5 months behind bars. The major problem with that is he didn't do it. And a lot of folks knew it for a long time. Glenn Simmons is now the longest imprisoned U.S. inmate to be exonerated in the history of our country. And the Oklahoma County District Attorney said Simmons was wrongly convicted in an unfair trial. Glenn Simmons now has colon cancer. He was, he's now free, yes, but now he's in terrible health. The very best years of his life, the years that he was healthy, taken from him. And so Glenn Simmons, now with colon cancer, he lives on the kindness of strangers. Still no compensation from the state. No one's made that right for him. And so he started a GoFundMe page so that he could have enough to eat and get the treatment that he needs for his cancer. Now, I don't know about you, but if I had been in prison for four hours... And I had a GoFundMe page. It might be like, oh, you're going to get it. Like, or, oh, I was treated unfairly. Or, oh, you know, this is all broken. Or, oh, you know, I'm a victim. No. If you look at Mr. Simmons' GoFundMe page, you know what it's entitled? Three words. Grace, redemption, salvation. Did you hear that? A man who lost nearly 50 years of his life, when he, when he looks back on his life, you know what he sees? Grace, redemption, and salvation. Now, you, you might think that he would have given up if 
five years in, 10 years in, 20 years in, 30 years in, certainly by 40 years, you'd have given up hope that joy would never come. But this is what he said when it comes to justice. He said, justice is something God dispenses. I'm free now. This is the day that we've been waiting on for a long, long time, and it finally came. So when he was interviewed about this process, this is what he said. I want you to see it word for word. This is a lesson in resilience, and it's a lesson in, you know, tenacity and sticking with it. It's a lesson in faith and belief, you know, and hope. Hope. Friends, I don't know what you are going through, what you've been through, what your life is like. But my hunch is, it's probably not Glenn Simmons bad. I mean, just we have to keep our life in perspective because regardless of circumstance, it is never too late for an altogether hope. It is never too late for peace. It is never too late for joy. And it is never too late for love, to know the love of God and the love of others. Now, I know some of you are like, hey, it's Christmas Eve, lighten up. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Like tornadoes, false imprisonment. Come on, man, it's Christmas Eve. Well, okay. So let's do something lighter. Five years ago, there's a group called Song Select, and they counted every single Christmas song in the world. Do you know how many Christmas songs there are? Any guesses out there? 5,200 Christmas songs. That's a lot of Christmas songs. And no wonder they started in October. You got, got to get, get them all in. It's craziness. And coming in at number five, you've already sang it tonight. Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Number five out of 5,200, written by Charles Wesley, our, our founder's brother, John and Charles Wesley, in 1739. And it's still number five on the top charts. That's some staying power. I'm like, come on, Mariah Carey, compete with that. See, see if you're around in like 200 more years. So tonight, right? We join the angels chorus. You, you sing these words. Mild he lays his glory by. Born that we no more may die. Born to raise us from the earth. Born to give us second birth. Hark the herald angels sing. Say this last part with me. Glory to the newborn king. That's why we're here tonight. Because God's come in Jesus. And all the world sings that he has come for you. For the world. So our action step, friends, is this. I want you to pre-decide right now something that will change the course of your life forever for the good. And that is, say yes to God tonight. To whatever the Lord may reveal to you tonight or in the future. Just say yes. God, whatever you ask me to do, the answer is yes. I've pre-decided. Because you alone are good. You alone are smart. You alone are wise. You alone have the power to make things happen. So whatever you have for me, Lord, the answer is going to be yes. And it will change the world. It certainly changed mine. And we, Everything that you see around you tonight is because of a yes to God. Not just of me, but of hundreds of people that have come before us. I just would like you to think about that. And, and if you're new to faith, if you're new to the church, you're like, I have no idea about that. Just come back. Come back next year in 2024. We're going to celebrate love and happiness, not tornadoes and imprisonments. Love and happiness. And we're going to do it for the whole month of January. 
And, and it's going to be awesome. It's going to be like 1972, Love and Happiness. It's an actual song. Some of you know it. It's very cool. And so um, we're going to find it. We're going to keep it. We're going to talk about it. It's going to be based on research. I hope you'll come back. And because here's the thing. Joy happens in community. It happens with your brothers and sisters. It happens with people that love you and care for you. It happens when we love God and love others. Amen? Amen. Let's pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.